Welcome back to the latest episode of the CGA Tour Podcast. As always here, I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander. And on this episode of the podcast, I'm joined with by Jay Carlson and Dakota Gregory, fellow OSU alums from the Sports Media School. Jake and Dakota, how's it going? Glad to be here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're here. We're hanging out. We're talking OSU football after a loss. We're now 6-3 and three on the season. So, you know what, guys? We can say we're still going to the bowl game. A bowl game. Uh, it just depends on which one at this point. But basically, brief recap, we lost to Kansas and Spencer Sanders didn't play along with, it seems like, every single available guy on our team. And we're playing basically freshmen, sophomores, and backups at this point. I, I mean, I want to paint it in like the most positive light possible, but to quote my dad, who has been an OSU fan since well before I've been alive, since he went to OSU, we looked hopeless. And there's not a long time that I can remember us looking like we're hopeless in games. You know, we're just completely out of it. Yeah. Which, well, on the bright side of that, it is usually the hope that kills us. So if we don't have hope <laughs> at all, maybe the end of the season won't be as traumatic. Yeah, although, you know, I mean, I'd say I'd go to a Big 12 championship at this point if it's possible. I think it still is conceivable, but uh, probably not really possible. So, I don't know, with all being said, we're definitely getting into the Oklahoma State KU game, uh, preview a little bit of the Iowa State game, but mainly... Got to talk some Mike Gundy, transfer portal, recruiting, just all of the above at this point because the season has gone off the rails, to say the least, right? There were there were hopes of us winning, which is still possible of us winning, you know, eight, nine games, but it just doesn't seem very possible at this point. It seems like the easiest opponent on our schedule going forward might be West Virginia, maybe OU, but... I know, to go, I'll, I'll let you take it away here on, on this. What do you think about at least the KU game? Yes, me or Jake? Me? You, yeah. Uh, it was rough. Um, let's see, I fell asleep in the third quarter, thankfully, so that saved me some pain. Um, but I thought, like, if we do want to talk about the bright side, like you said, I, Jake and I were texting during it. Rangel, I don't think, was bad. Right? I think he played good enough for OSU to win that game. It was almost like, just like Spencer Sanders, it was kind of just everyone around him, which makes it worse, where it's hard. I think that's why it's so agonizing afterward. You're like, well, you know, there's a backup quarterback, true freshman making his first start, but that wasn't the problem. So I think that's why it's so – that loss is so much harder to swallow. That and the fact it's still Kansas and it's in football, um, even if they're having a good year, that makes it even more difficult. So didn't make me too happy that Kansas got their bowl game – win against us, that they'll go to the bowl game for the first time since, I don't know, 2008 or nine or something um, against us. Jake, what did you think about Rangel and, and the game, Ringo? I mean, I was I was pretty impressed with him. Like Dakota said, there was one drive um, that, you know, we of course scored on that <clears throat> was really impressive where he put together, you know, there were multiple throws that he was putting together and then, you know, we ran a speed option or something like that. Um, so, which was horrible, but I, I thought like, if I'm just looking at like the reason we lost, I don't think we lost because Wrangle started, but I think we probably would have won if Spencer started. I think you're allowed to kind of make that delineation of like, oh, well, we didn't necessarily lose purely because of Wrangle. We just might have won if our, you know, four-year starting quarterback had played, which, I mean, 
not some hot take, you know. That's I just think our our defense is rough. It's really rough. It's probably dare I say one of the worst I've seen in the last eight years. Well, so here's what weirds me out is that earlier on in the season when we played Texas Tech, we were giving up a ton of yards through the air. Like just no other it was, okay, what's going on here? How can we not have Jason Taylor, Mason Cobb, just some of the guys who play, some of the guys who basically are not defensive linemen play better, right? And, okay, you're relying a lot on Corey Black, a lot on Jabbar Muhammad, a lot on these guys who just were not the lockdown corners and safeties last year. You know, Malcolm Rodriguez, et cetera, et cetera. But then it's changed to now where we can't stop the run. I mean, Kansas, yeah. I don't think they had too many stats here running the football, actually. Um, is the only thing they did. I mean, the rushing, they, you know, number four, Neil, ran for 224 yards against us, like that one player didn't, alone. Didn't their quarterback stop. have over 100 yards rushing as well? I mean, he had 93 so on four carries. So, like, I'm splitting hairs at that point saying he didn't run yeah. for 100. Still bad. Yeah, you, you don't want to give up more than, I mean, 10 yards to a quarterback who's not known as their premier player. They're backup quarterback. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's Again. the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Again. Yeah. We keep playing backup quarterbacks. We keep losing to them. It seems like a trend. But, I mean, I mean, to go to, you, you followed OSU, just like Jake and I have for forever now. Is this the worst, um, is this the most downhill, like, a team has gone? I mean, there were, we were top ten in the country, like, you know, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I because I think back, what was it? Our at least mine and Jake's freshman year was at 2014. That team was like mm-hmm. hard to watch, right? Um, yeah. But even then, I think from the get go with the injuries and all that, like we kind of knew it wasn't going to be a very good team. This team, all of a sudden, when you, you the way they looked against Texas, and then the plunge within two weeks, I think is like you said, probably the biggest drop off. Like I could have never imagined three weeks ago after that Texas one, if you told me. They're going to get blown out to Kansas State, and Kansas is going to look like the much better quarterback or the much better team. I was like, there's no way. Like, this team looks solid. Even after the TCU loss, I was like, this team is going to beat them in the Big 12 championship eventually. Like, that was my thought. And now I'm like, man, the the Cheez-It Bowl is kind of fun, I guess, but I'm hoping (laughs) we're in the Cheez-It Bowl at this point. Um, Because I was like, oh, well, back-to-back Bedlam wins will be big. But then even after OU's Bedlam loss – or a Baylor loss, you're still like, oh. Um, you look at Iowa State at home, West Virginia, even those teams scare you, and they would have not scared me at all two, three weeks ago. Yeah. I I think, I mean, would you say that this is probably, like, I know, I would say this is probably the worst season since our freshman year, but the difference is I expected to suck our freshman year, right? Yeah. I. This year is just like we're getting out coached, we're getting out played, and for a team that, or for I guess a program more so that prides itself on <clears throat> consistency, this is you know Gundy said we're well we're not spiraling out of control. I don't think we're spiraling out of control. I just think this is. I mean, this is rough. Like, 
usually we get how many of these losses a year? One to two, right? Where you're mm-hmm. losing to teams that you probably should be. We've had three. Like all three of yeah. our losses, we should have won or we were better than them. And the I know TCU it's hard to say. loss is like the categorical Gundy loss, I would say. Yeah. Of yeah. You go down there, you're ahead for most of the game. Somehow the other team s- slips back in. It's at their place, and it's a team that's pretty good, but maybe not the best in the entire world, at least when you play them. Now, of course, we're all going to be singing TCU's praises, or at least I hope right. I am, right. trying to make OSU feel better. But th- that that seems like the, okay, that's the Iowa State loss we have once a year. Or that's the Texas Tech loss once a year or whatever. Yeah. Or, and then we play OU at the end of the year, and we really get our soul crushed. Normally speaking, this year it's what happened in that Kansas State game, forty-eight nothing, and then why wasn't if Sanders is injured in that game at halftime? Hold him at halftime. It was thirty-five nothing. If Sanders is not injured, bizarre, but he clearly didn't play this last game because he's injured. Although, do we know what type of injury or anything it is? We just the transparency is starting to get to me. I guess on. Yeah, college guys don't have to say, you know, you don't have Kirby Smart coming out there saying, hey, Stetson Bennett's not going to be able to play because he's, you know, torn his labrum. You, you, I mean, there's not medical reports like the NBA or the NFL, is my point. But well, why I have, mean, why, why do we not Georgia, know what's going on with Spencer? Georgia just had a guy who just got ruled out for the year because he tore his pecs. So, like, they, they came out and announced that. I, I just. I think it's lame. <laughs> like that's the best word I can use. I think it's lame. Like I don't it, what's the point of like trying to prevent a game plan or trying to give someone a leg up if the dude's not going to play the rest of the year? What does it matter? You know, like I I just think that's so dumb. Like if he's not going to play, then you're really like I think there you're starting to tease the fans more than you're giving the other team an advantage. You know, I, I'd rather just more so, like, start checking myself out and get ready for basketball season than have to sit here and come in every week trying to figure out if Spencer Sanders is going to play. All right, well, the, the, the normal thing here, Dakota, is that Jake and I basically, Jake doesn't like Gundy every year, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. I am a Gundy um I want to say truth or I want to say some politically correct term to be funny, but I am a Gundy liker and supporter for basically it changes every year. It's either seven tenths out of the year, nine tenths out of the year, six tenths out of the year, just depending on how good we're doing and how much the expectations keep dropping week over week. What's your opinion overall on Gundy? Because I mean, granted it's almost 20 years with the program at this point and he's taking us to heights we haven't seen before, but I'm 29 and I'm the oldest guy out of the three of us. So Gundy being the head coach is basically the head coach for my lifetime, right? Like there's not much other to compare it to. Well, see, I got to cover Gundy for five years and B, uh, so you talked about that transparency getting to you. Um, It's gotten to me since then. So that man drives me crazy. So I'm probably more on Jake's side just because this is a discussion with Jake and I crack about all the time during games. Um, (laughs) This is all we do during third quarters of, OSU football now, apparently. Um, but just we talk about getting over the hump, right? Like we can talk about all Gundy's done and um, 
I think that's the knock is, yeah, 10-win seasons are good, but eventually something's got to get better, right? You think of Mason Rudolph and James Washington-type teams. That team should have taken you over the hump. You get a yard away from the Big 12 championship. You get that quarterback back. Um, and, yes, you lose a lot, of, a lot of other pieces, but the next season you should be getting over the hump and getting a little bit better, uh, plugging and playing. I mean, it just seems like we can't ever get over the, like, okay, we're good. It's like, eh, we're good. Like, we're a good program, but we can't be like, we're a good program. It's just like getting over the hump. So I don't know if it's something he'll never do or it is someone else, but then you take the risk if you do find someone else of, well, you may never know. You may go the opposite direction because Gundy was the only one to keep OSU at the status that it has been for the last 20-something years. Yeah, I I think, and that's always like, <clears throat> you know, I have two big gripes that, you know, loyal listeners will probably be like, all right, dude, shut up. Um, but it's the lack of a Big 12 championship. I think that's really problematic, especially now that there's a game and only, especially only having been to one. And I just don't feel like we're getting better every year. Like, especially since we were in school, like, I feel like we just kind of, I mean, if, if you're not watching this, like, I feel like we go up, then down a little bit, then we'll go straight line, up a little bit, down, and then, like, it's never like, okay, you're peaking. It's it's more of just like, oh, you know, you're, you're moseying along, like, you know, sometimes you'll finish ranked in the top six and sometimes you're not going to be ranked and you know usually you'll be in the teens and that's about it and I, I just so feel I, like that's that's kind of where we're at i'd say this after after we all graduated from osu right since 2018 the texts that i get about oklahoma state football are generally <laughs> speaking oh nice win from you know from, from non-oklahoma state fans non-oklahoma state alumni is oh nice win or dude what is going on why is Iowa State going to beat you, right? Or, mm-hmm. dude, it, are you watching this K-State game? And I'm like, nah, I turned it off. Like, it, those are the texts that kind of come across, right, from people who just know I went to Oklahoma State, know I'm wearing usually a, an OSU jersey and recording the podcast with an OSU flag behind me. So there's just enough people that know that I'm a huge Oklahoma State fan and are, like, checking in with me. And I don't know if it's the same for you guys, but it's generally one of those two things. Oh, uh, nice win. Because it's like, oh, you, you should have won, but you beat Notre Dame. All right, cool. You know, oh, you, you beat OU, but, I mean, last year, like, I don't know what everyone's thinking, but, like, at the end of it, probably should have beat OU, right? It's at home. I don't forget if we were favored or not, but that's a game where we should have won, it, it kind of seems. Um, Baylor game, yo, what is going on? You guys can't, can't do anything on offense. You guys scored 37 on OU, which theoretically has a good defense, would say. And Baylor's putting up points on you. Now, granted, they ended up winning the game with three touchdowns, and they scored 21 points. It wasn't like they blew us out. But still, that was their backup quarterback. It, it comes into this weird, we lose these games that we should win. We have really, really bad luck. It just seems as a whole, the Sports Illustrated cover that came out whatever, you know, however many years ago, just, you know, that, that some guy wrote for SI, you know, trying to trash Oklahoma State should just been like a decade of bad luck because you have the Central Michigan game with Mason Rudolph that if that doesn't happen, then all of a sudden 
we're playing OU and we're 11 and one, I think, you know, um, you have the 2011 game. We're on a Friday night, well, a Friday night after a death in the OSU family, but a Friday night game in Ames, Iowa, there are still some OSU faithful who believe we won the game and the field goal went over the upright, right? Like there's just a, things we can go through as like a circle, like flow chart, basically of you start at one point, it's like bad luck season. Next point is injury season. Next point is rebuilding season. And you're just cycling through those three things repeatedly until you figure out which one it is. And this year it seems like it's just injury injuries have really, really added up. I mean, I mean, to start out the year, I was going, okay, this team could win 10 games. And should win 10 games. Now it's, why did I think that to begin with? Because Kansas State, because we didn't score a point against Kansas State. And our starting quarterback was in until halftime. That's kind of the thing here. It's like, K-State puts up 48. We've seen teams do that before. We've lost by that. We know our defense isn't really anything to talk about, especially now. But I can't remember the last time Gundy got just shut out. Well, and so I wanted to ask this because, like, I agree with you, injury, rebuild, you know, unlucky, all that kind of stuff. At what point, though, is it just like, I mean, we've been doing this for, <laughs> I'll give them 15 years because I'll cut up some slack on the first ones. 15 years isn't excuses. It's a pattern. Like, you can only get unlucky so many times before it's like, well, does it suck? Yeah, but this is what you are. You know, like, I, I know a lot of them are kind of ridiculous, just wild circumstances. But, I mean, every team's injured. That's an excuse. That's always been an excuse, in my opinion. Um, Texas uses it every year. Um, you know, like, there's always there's always a reason why the season could basically turn out like it is. And it, it takes the good coaches, good programs to fix it. Which, Dakota, I don't know if you've listened in the past, I always go back to Mark Richt because that's who I grew up with, you know, living in Georgia. It's like, oh, okay, Mark Richt to win 10 games, maybe go to the SEC championship and probably lose. And that's it. And, you know, he's going to lose to South Carolina, probably get blown out by Florida because Florida was really good then. And, you know, maybe he'll lose to Vanderbilt one time or, you know, maybe he'll lose to Auburn or whatever. <clears throat> and, you know, he'll go 10-2, and two, make a couple Sugar Bowls, and play in the Outback Bowl every freaking year, and then we get to decide whether we get Jumbo Shrimp or Lubinut. Like, that that was Mark Rick. And it feels like now, I've made that comparison so many times that it's almost just coming true. And, you know, it was a little different for Mark Rick because he was recruiting his he, – he had so many recruits, and, you know, a lot of them ended up getting kicked off. That was always the running joke, but – I mean, there, there's a lot of parallels to that where it's just like, okay, dude, like you can all, you only get so many reasons why you're not doing what you're supposed to, right? Yeah, there's only so much. Like, I, the bad luck is definitely true, but I think of like last season, you're within the five of going to the playoffs and winning your first legit conference title. I don't know if that's bad luck. I would say that's coaching when. You could argue all you want. Well, our starting running back, who was great, was out. I mean, obviously, you see what Jalen Warren's doing for the Steelers, but I feel like I could probably, if they handed me the ball, I could probably find a way to get in from the one, right? You give me four tries, eventually I'm going to slip in there. Um, so someone's got to be able to. And then, which frustrated when Jalen Warren 
um, afterward. They said he was so mad that he walked a mile back to his house from the airport or whatever. And I'm like, can you tell me he couldn't run a yard? Like, come on now. I think that's when bad luck or even going, I believe it was uh, Mason James senior year. They lose the bed though. And it's like, well, that was a good football team. Right. But then they still have a chance. But it was to a blowout. A New Year's Six Bowl. But then they lost to Kansas State again to a backup quarterback at home. And it wasn't a blowout, but still a game they should have won, a game they should have been prepared for. Not one of the, well, you make excuses. Well, they overlooked them. Well, they had nothing to play. No. I mean, the dog on Lincoln Riley all you want. His team weren't going to lose one and then lose the next one, right? That wasn't what they did. They're still like, hey, we're still going to continue to win. Um, and that's something OU's done is even when they've known to kind of have those hiccups like OSU does, they just recover and don't have another one like OSU tends to have. And that's usually the difference between um, the Cheez-It Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl or whatever it may be, which last year ended up in the Fiesta Bowl. But it was different between the Fiesta Bowl and playing for a championship for a playoff. Well, I think a lot of OSU fans last year before, or the bowl game played. Oh, oh, you know what? Like, I'd much rather face Notre Dame. I think we lucked out by getting the Fiesta Bowl versus going to play Ole Miss. We, we've played Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl plenty of times where we've gotten our crap knocked in. Right? Like, we, we've done that twice, maybe three times. The Eli Manning's time, yeah. done it. You know, I mean, Lacan Treadwell, who was a former Oklahoma State recruit, of course, just kills me inside that he just burned us and killed us with Robert Kimdichie and all them. At, uh, at Ole Miss and what Chad Kelly, I think, as well on that team. Mm-hmm. So, Kim Dietschy didn't not play, say that, but, but yeah, oh, well, well, they, but thank you. But, um, but, but still, I think a lot of OSU fans are going in that mentality, <clears throat> right? Oh, well, at least, uh, hey, you know what? We're fortunate because if we had beat Baylor, then we'd probably get our crap knocked in in the, in the Sugar Bowl. And I'd, I'd ask, what's, what's the goal? Um, and this brings a larger question, too, of, like, among the coaches, like, how do we rank them? But as an OSU fan, I want us to win a national championship. But I, I've told Jake several times over the phone, not recorded, but I'm definitely willing to say it now, of course, because we just lost to KU by 20. I don't see it happening anytime soon. Like, I don't see a national championship type of contention. I don't see a playoff berth. With top four teams, I don't see us winning the Big 12 and really getting over that hump. BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, Houston come in. That should make it anyone's game. But it's not like it's not like those those schools are easy to play. Definitely not easy to play in Provo, Utah. Definitely not easy to go to Cincinnati in November, December, whenever it is, right? Probably fine to go to UCF whenever and Houston whenever. But the point being is, like, those schools, we're not adding in San Diego State like that Pac 12 is adding in San Diego State apparently this week, right? We're not adding in a school where their football stadium is like nothing and no one knows anything about their football team. We're adding in schools that are also good at football. Um, yeah, I mean, the Gonzaga thing's funny to throw in, but like, clearly they'd only be basketball and it, it, it's 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 tugging my heartstrings here because this to me was a chance for the new Big Twelve and for Oklahoma State to kind of run it because Jake and I did the the podcast before the season this year and we did the kind of the the post recap of after the Fiesta Bowl last year going hey you know what we we have a brand you know all this type of stuff feeling on the top of the world we could run the Big Twelve we're the second best team in the Big Twelve record wise since Gunny's been the head coach easily 
We are the second best team in the Big 12 for the past decade, easily, too, record-wise. But yet, as you guys have both said, we've made it to one Big 12 championship game. And I would rather win, of course, but if we're not going now, when OU has a down year or two, when Texas hasn't had it, I mean, when's Texas had a great year? You know, they're leaving, but okay, is UCF going to replay? Like, Texas is Texas is out, and I'm not really sure they have been really contending against us in, in the Big 12 anytime recently either. So, but the point being, what do you guys want to see? What is your, like, hey, you know what, I want to... S- I think this is a fair spot for the OSU program to be in in five years of an expectation wise. Like where can we be in five years? I mean, I, I think Dakota and I talked about this a little bit. I think we probably peaked last year. I think last year was probably Oklahoma state's best chance. Like you said, that team was very, very good. Um, but last year was probably our best chance to to do anything. So I don't necessarily see like within the next five years. I I just haven't been proven that we can get significantly better. So whether you know if Gundy's still there, we'll probably just continue what we've been doing, like win somewhere between eight to ten games. And everyone's just going to sit there and be content with it. And that's what's going to happen. Like, that's that's basically where I'm at. And it's it's almost hard now to have any sort of, like, excitement or expectations because I'm just sitting here like, okay, well, who are we going to lose to first this year? Because I brought it up last week. Like, no one can tell us that we're wrong because we've never been undefeated. So it's not like this is, you know, this is a consistent thing that we have lost one game every year. And I'm not saying we have to go undefeated, but there hasn't been a, a year where we've won all the games that we're supposed to win and only lost the games, basically Oklahoma, the games that we're supposed to lose. I don't, I, you know, I don't know where you're you're standing on that, Dakota, but... Well, I think the epitome of it is during that TCU game, I have a coworker. Um, he's somewhat of a closet OSU fan because he lived in Louisiana for a little bit. He was a baseball coach at Washington State. So he's a little bit of like trying to be like they're in a joke conference. But uh, but he texts me, I think, at halftime at TCU, and he says, that's giving me a hard time. And he's like, they're going to lose. Like, we've seen this before. Gunny's going to start running the ball, and OSU's going to lose this game. And I ignored his text. I was like, you're crazy. I'm drinking the orange Kool-Aid, Big 12 championship. Here we go. We're getting TCU out of the way. Yeah, Texas, there's no way Kansas State's going to be this. I wasn't worried about TCU than Kansas State. Like, this is it. Like, this is it. And then he was right. Like, that's how predictable it is. Like, you have a team, like a four-year starting quarterback with a coach that's been coaching the same team for our lifetime, right? That's how long he's been there. Like, we don't remember anyone else being there. Usually that's the perfect scenario. That that is the perfect mix to hold a lead and win a big game. And what they do, they lose it in overtime. Like that's that's what's frustrating is when you do because you want to be like, well, if it wasn't for Gunny, maybe we wouldn't be in that situation. 
but we are. And then you kind of think, well, maybe for Gundy, that's why we lost that situation. Of it happens every year. It's so predictable that people can literally text someone at halftime and know what's going to happen during a game when all the ingredients say that shouldn't happen. The only ingredient is, well, it's an OSU football team coached by Mike Gundy, so it's going to happen. That was the only thing going for him being right. He was still right because it happened. Like that. That's the thing. And, and then I felt more like an idiot for thinking they weren't going to lose it than, well, I should have hung on my team and know they are going to hang or – you know, like I should have been optimistic. I'm like, no, I should have. I've been through that enough. I should have known what was coming, right? Or even making the trip to Arlington last year and they start that drive. And I was like, I remember looking at my wife. I was like, they're going to do it. They're doing it. Like they're cruising. They get to the five yard line or whatever. And then they still don't. And I was like, I was dumb enough to even think they're still going to do it, even from the three yard line. Like, and I think that just is kind of the epitome of everything of, again, the perfect scenario to do stuff and then they still don't like it's just something about taking that next step and getting over the hump well i as as clearly all of us are Oklahoma state fans but i just don't see gundy leaving anytime soon so because of that my mentality goes into the ah well you know what if if Jalen warren should have been healthy or if last year if if the refs had just spotted the ball correctly in the Iowa State game, right? Like, I just keep going into the stuff that is not program-specific, that is not Gundy-specific, that is not – that is something that we had no control over, right? Like, I go into the oh, – okay, I mean, not – I don't want to say victim mentality, but I go into a bunch of the, oh, man, if only this could have happened or if only this could have happened, right? Like, then we, we just we just didn't have enough luck that year, and that's what I keep going into as an Oklahoma State fan of, oh, man, we just – this happened. We were just unlucky here and here and here. But eventually, we don't have enough luck where it is that TCU game. Where, you know, I've had a couple of drinks watching that game with a couple other OSU fans. And we're all talking about the next game. We're, we're, we've, we beat TCU in our heads at that point, right? This is a game down in, in Fort Worth. You know, looking all over Twitter, it's like, oh, the, the fans down in TCU aren't the nicest and yada, yada, all type of stuff. But we're cruising to victory at this point. Going pretty good, like you're saying, right? But then the back of your mind, you're kind of like, well, hang on, hang, hang on. Wait a second. TCU seems to not be done with the game. They're not, they're not throwing the towel. And we're definitely not putting them away. So hang on a second here. This might be a game. And then all of a sudden, you really have to come... I'll say sober up to be kind to everyone, including myself. But you really have to sober up during that game because you're like, wait, hang on a second. We might lose. Like, hang on. This, we're looking forward to the K-State game. We're looking forward to Texas the next week. You know, all type of stuff. And then hang on a second. This is you're saying, the TCU game. The, the conversation that Jake and I frequently have, though, is about Gundy versus Casey Dunn or Gundy versus whoever the OC is, right? Like, just Gundy not being willing to give up, give up the reins. You covered the team, right? Like, you, ins and outs, all type of stuff. Jake and I might be passionate fans here, but we were not, we didn't have the same access that you did, and we weren't following it the same way. In your opinion, like, is, is Gundy the holding us back? Or is he helping us get as far as he is, but he's limiting us? Does that make sense at all? We're like, yeah, he's, no, he's holding on to the reins way too much, or he's, you know, I mean, wh where do you see him at? Yeah, and that's what I've talked to Jake and even family who are big OSU fans is we, we want to gripe at, it's like almost a trend. It's like a national 
OSU trend where at some point on Twitter, everyone's hashtag fire, insert OC here for the same reasons the last 17 years. Like, <laughs> uh, everyone else has to realize that eventually, like, it's not the OC. It's the same offense. It's the same issues. It's a no-name guy that Gundy can say, hey, this is, I gave you this job. Others don't think you deserve it, but I gave it to you. This is how we run the offense here, and this is how it's done. Um, and I think the epitome of that, too, was um, the first time he said, all right, I'm going to go, and I'm going to get a big-time defensive coordinator. You do your thing, and look, it worked. Like that. That's why we were in the Big 12 championship last year is because the defense, and you had a guy doing his own thing because that's his specialty, um, and still yet – Gundy, the mastermind, couldn't get a yard to win a Big 12 championship uh, when you hold a Baylor team to, what, 24 points, I think is what it was. And so, I mean, yes, I think it's – and that's probably what's going to happen. Right? I think probably in the end of this year, into next year, um, I think they'll let Dunn stick around this year. Next year you're going to have either – you know, you're going to have a freshman or a sophomore quarterback struggling, and Dunn's probably going to go. We're going to bring in some new guy. The whole team is going to go, or the whole country is going to go, who in the world is that guy? We've never heard of him. Um, and then he's going to do the exact same thing. And then everyone's going to be hashtag fire, um, currently unknown OC here, right? And that's how it's going to go over and over again um, until something um, changes. Because I still have faith in Derek Mason, the fact that he's not a Gundy guy. Like, I believe this OSU defense is going to get better. Um, we've seen the miscommunication. But that's, I mean, he's still trying to kind of go off the old system, implement his new system. Like, I have faith in that defense in a year or two. But this offense, I know, is just going to be the exact same. Like, even Rangel looks great. Well, Spencer Sanders looked. Like, he looked promising as a freshman as well. So, I look forward and I flash forward to, you know, three years ago or three years from now, we have Rangel as a redshirt senior or a regular senior um, starting quarterback. And in the same situation we're at now with Spencer Sanders, as is the same situation we were at, what, six years ago, seven years ago now with Mason Rudolph. Like, it's like this, it's the cycle continuing over and over again. Yeah. What do you make as far as like the, I mean, the Gundy had some quotes today of transfer portal stuff and just getting recruits in. It it seems like he's trying to play both cards. Jalen Warren was the guy last year running back. And he's a tra- he's a transfer, period. You know, came from Utah State, came from a lesser program, transferred in. But hey, we don't like transfers. I mean, that's what Gundy's saying, right? Like we like guys stick around, things mm-hmm. transfer portal slow down. As we all know, you you can't have your cake and eat it. You know, too, it just doesn't happen. You can't have it both ways. What do you what do you make of those comments though from Gundy? It just seems so on brand, but very, very odd for a team that clearly right now could could use some guys who are quality backups. And maybe that's why they can't get him the hump, right? He refuses to change in any way. He's like, this is how we've done things. We've been consistently good. Um, you can't say that we've been a losing program, so it's good enough. Um, but maybe, you do, I mean, college football is different, obviously. NLI, transfer stuff, like there's so much stuff, and he refuses to adapt. He's going to do his thing because it's worked for him. Um, his motto is, if it's not broke, don't don't fix it, but I feel like it's a little broken. You could probably update it some. Um, <laughs> but yeah, to add a trip because he goes in the transfer portal, we might not lose Saturday, right? Instead of starting a freshman, our options are someone's going to get their first start. It's, well, we have whatever who has at least 
22 starts from a school we've never heard of, but he's probably played teams better in Kansas before, right? Um, and so at least you have that going for you, just like you need to replace someone last year. When you get a transfer, you plug Jalen Warren in. There's no hiccups. Missing Chuba Hubbard, we're good to go. We got a running back. Well, this year, I mean, we got hiccups at running back. Um, and I think we've talked, Jake, I have a lot of faith in Ollie Gordon and Nixon going forward. Yeah. They're a freshman, right? So eventually they're going to be good. But right now, it would be nice to have some buffers. Um, and he lucked out. Like, he, I think we we're looking at what he said today. He talked about corn dog. Well, corn dog was developed and everyone hated him. Um, but you lucked out was with 23 guy. years old. Yeah, you lucked out with a guy that stuck <laughs> in the program for five years because he was a walk on. Um, that's you needed to get a corn dog type of guy this year, you just didn't have it, so you need to go look for one uh, from somewhere else. Like, that's what you need um, to continue the role of going, even if it's a guy that's going to back you up for a year and maybe he starts next year. Well, I'm you plug Rang Ellen two or three years from now, things are probably looking a lot better for him, and he's it's easier to get him going. Well, and I asked both of you guys this question then, just because about the, the, the Twitter comments back to you or the comments that I would make back to you if I still was fully on board Gundy. Like, if you had asked me, like, week three and this was happening, I still I would be giving you this comment for sure, is, oh, well, but Shane left us in such a bad spot. If Illingworth doesn't transfer, then we're good. So what's, I mean... Jake, Jake and I talked about it on Saturday. We had six quarterbacks at one point on the roster, I think, in 2014, right? Like, yeah. having three and one of them being, I mean, Gundy's son is laughable. So, the highly why, regarded, the highly regarded son. Oh, wow. I, could, I could go on for years about this now. I mean, the Eastern Michigan star potential quarterback, <laughs> you know, if he gets recruited there, I mean, it's just. Don't say it's, stars. It's, it's, there are no stars involved. Well, I mean that—that's yeah. that, that, <laughs> the joke I'm making. It's like he's not a Monty Bates. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Gosh, well, he hopefully doesn't drive his buddy's car at some point. The the thing I'd say though, by far and away, is that Gunner Gundy is a nice story if he's the fourth string quarterback on the roster and he's a practice squad guy, and the one through three guys go out and he comes in. And helps you still stay off of the team against Pine Bluff, right? <laughs> He's not a bad person to have on the roster. I, like I don't think anyone's no. saying that, right? Not, like, but <laughs> well, and, and I mean, what we're going to kill Gundy over the fact that like his son is on the roster? Well, before the season right. starts, no, we're not going to. Yeah, you know, we're not going to be like, God, oh, a coach wants his son on the roster, but he's not taking a scholarship spot. He's we think not taking valuable reps in practice. We think he's not a potential starting quarterback for the team if something happens. We think, we think, we think. He's not a great dude. Just he's six foot one. I mean, he's he's not the type of guy you want behind, you know, behind Spencer and he Sanders. Throws with the is wrong he... hand. <laughs> Wait, really? Is this the thing? He's left-handed. I'm right? left-handed. I'm left-handed. <laughs> Let's chill out a second here, all right? I thought there was a Ben Simmons show coming on. I'm left-handed too, all right? Oh, I mean, no. there's some two attack of Aloha vibes here going on, guys. I, the only left-handed starting quarterback in the NFL left. But besides the fact that that Gunner theoretically could have started, but I don't. Well, he didn't see a snap on Saturday, so 
at this point, kind of whatever, maybe everyone on social media bullied Gundy out of it. Maybe it was just kind of a, a spoof thing that was happening because we really don't know what's going on with the quarterback position most of the time. They said that on the broadcast, though. They're like, can you imagine? They literally oh. said, can you imagine how bad it would look if he started his son? <laughs> I was well, like, oh, God. They talked about. Yeah. It was hilarious. So, what, what, what are your guys' thoughts as far as, like, why we can't get – I don't want to say we can't get another quarterback in, but what's what's the what's the follow-up for – oh, well, Ellen Worth left us in a bad spot, I guess. Because his son's on Is it, hey, we we should, a brand. Yeah. Yeah. Right, like we, we should, we, we should be, we should be better. Well, we haven't gone to get a quarterback because the Suns on the roster. I genuinely think that's the answer. I don't, I don't think it's like well, anything more. I, I, I just, it's so bizarre to me that he doesn't go after transfers when the guys that we have in the NFL, all of them, not all of them, but the best ones have been transfers into the program. And he like he still just refuses. I mean, Chris Carson. I know he he now retired, but he was a random one that we got from. N- Juco. Name a couple here, just to just give me a refresher. Yeah, okay. Chris Carson, um, Jalen Warren, Jalen Warren, uh, that one guy Tyreek Hill, which I can't ignore that because he <laughs> still would have been there. I know he made a he made some pretty poor decisions, but. He still would have been just as good had he stayed at OSU. That's kind of my point. Like he was, I mean, he got drafted out of Alabama State or whatever. Like he's fine. So, like, there's right. There's there's Adam a there's Johnson a long made some noise in the NFL for a year or two. Yeah. He had a couple touchdowns. He had a uh, Brandon Whedon, one heck Brandon of a Whedon special teams play. Yeah. Yeah, Wade, Wade yeah. was around. Tyron Johnson's mem- more memorable moment is against the Chargers when he's running to uh, knock the ball out of a Chargers punt returner's hands last year when they played the Raiders in Vegas. Yeah. It just pained me because <clears throat> clearly the team I work for. But the, the the questions I have more or less are, what like, what's happened? Because at some point there was the um, – the Whedon to Blackman, right? Whedon to Bryant. There was just this this type of theoretical setup for Oklahoma State, right? Where you have every so often you have a Kendall Hunter, you have a Chuba Hubbard, you have a Justice Hill, you have these guys who are like premier running backs who honestly look incredible because we're able to just throw the ball so well that, that hey, all of a sudden now we can run it too because you you know if you do one thing so entirely well, the defense adjusts to make you not do that, and then you can do the other thing well, right? So. Why isn't our offense just keep? Why isn't our offense keep getting better? Is this a Gundy being stagnant and like controlling the OCs? Is this what happened to this like pass happy offense that had Rudolph and Washington, you know, Whedon Blackman, you know, whatever we want to say at this point, right? Like, where did that go? I guess is that just a personnel thing? Well, let's say was it part of just trying to help the defense out? Yeah, it, I mean, slow things down. Where he knew his offense was good enough to keep up with everyone, so it didn't matter if the defense wasn't yeah. stopping people. Last year, he probably knew, hey, we're gonna have to slow things down because the defense is how we win ball games. So if we're scoring in two or three plays, and they're scoring in two or three plays. Eventually, we're gonna get stopped before they get stopped. 
I, yeah, I, I think that's actually like a really good point. Although I think it's, it's dumb, but you know, I think you should probably try and have everyone firing on all cylinders, <laughs> which I know that's not what either of you are saying, but um, that's probably like, we know the offense last year wasn't as good as the defense was. And that's just how it is. But I do think part of its personnel and I think I dare I say that everybody else is getting better. I think all the other teams, especially this year, are elevated. And we are not. So our offense this year just isn't as good. And I, I just think there's better coaches around the Big 12 now. And it's much more of a high-profile conference. And people still want to come here. And people are actually playing defense now. Like, that old joke that everyone said is not true anymore. There's a lot of really, really good defenses in the Big 12 now. And so, adapt or die. And we've died. <laughs> we didn't adapt. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty obvious that we haven't adapted, right? Like, And Gundy doesn't adapt do you, anything, though. No. But, but how, are we, how are we still winning? Because it's not, because we're not... I mean, I, I, I want to keep playing devil's advocate just a little bit here because we're not winning the recruits, right? I mean, Texas out recruits everyone in the Big 12. OU out recruits everyone in the Big 12. OU, historically, of course, has been the leader of the Big 12, so I'm not trying to compare us to them necessarily. But, like, we keep being good enough to win double digit, have double-digit winning seasons. Bowl games, for whatever they may be, I mean, you can go to a bowl game with six wins or whatever, so I'm not trying to compare there. But just how do we keep winning if we're not adapting? It's because we have had enough talent and we're able to, the body by glass thing is real. You know, we basically are able to develop guys once we get them in. I mean, James Washington, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Or like, how do we keep winning games? What's changed? Why is the sky falling now? Why didn't it fall like two, three years ago is kind of my point. I, I think, like, go ahead, go ahead, Dakota. I think either way, even if, yes, OU in Texas is out recruiting OSU, but you still, even though Gundy, which I think is a whole nother, a whole nother issue when he's like, we got to develop talent. You don't win with four or five star guys. Well, look at the people winning championships. They have four or five star guys. <laughs> but um, at the end of the day, even with Gundy's recruiting ways, he's still going to out recruit. Say you need at least six games to get bowl eligible. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he's going to have better talent than Arkansas Pine Bluff, a lackluster Power Five he throws in there to say they played a Power Five. Another FCS school we haven't heard of for non-conference. You're halfway there. He's going to have more talent than Kansas, Kansas State. Nine times out of the teams are going to have more talent than either TCU or Baylor. Um, he's going to somehow beat Texas because they're Texas. Um, and more than likely, going to have more talent than Texas Tech because – or it's about the same. So, I mean, even though, um, yes, we would have upped the Big 12, but at the end of the day, um, if Gundy had these teams in the SEC, I don't know that he has the same bold eligibility streak that he does have right now. If he's using this strategy of, well, I can just keep getting three-star guys and developing them, I'm eventually going to have a season where you're 4-8 and or 2-10 and with that talent because everyone's just going to outplay you and out-talent you. And even on rough years, even in 2014, and he gets lucky, he's still able to squeak out wins against some Big 12 people and Bob Pundit again, so that saved his job. But um, 
even though he recruits like he does, he can at least get enough talent to guarantee about six to seven wins every year, which okay. is what's keeping OSU fans happy right now. Yeah. I mean, and I, I usually, you know, one of the parts, I think Dakota and I were on the same page here. One of the parts we really started to turn is when there was that Tennessee rumor, and then he immediately signed the contract extension right afterwards for like $2 million more a year, or whatever it was. That that really rubbed me the wrong way. But if you think about that, um, if he had taken that Tennessee job, Josh Heupel didn't make them what they are now by recruiting the way that Gundy does. They're getting five stars like clockwork. Now, granted, they were passing out McDonald's bags full of cash, but now it's legal, so it doesn't matter. I mean, and I'm not saying that I agree or disagree or whatever, but this is the way, it, adapt or die, this is the way that things are going to get done now, and he's not going to do it. I mean, the kid, um, he's from Los Angeles, the quarterback that Tennessee's getting next year, Nico, whatever. Him and his whole family got G-Wagon. From Mercedes of Knoxville. Who cares? <laughs> but Gundy would have never done that. And again, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but the reason that we are slowing down is because not only does he not recruit, he refuses to and prides himself on not recruiting as well or as much, whatever, as everybody else does. And that's that's going to be his downfall is because I don't know if he's always going to be able to get by with just getting a four-star quarterback and developing some receivers and call it a day. You can't well, hang your hat on Malcolm. You can't hang like your hat on Malcolm a, Rodriguez, guys. You can't. Yeah. And it was three-star quarterbacks. Now we're upping the ante to four-star quarterbacks. Yeah. Just like, you got tired of it. So he's like, we'll throw an extra star out there. Like, even if you're in Stillwater, Oklahoma – if you're actually trying, eventually you're going to get lucky and get one of those five-star guys that's going to help you in one of those close games. That could be the difference maker. However, on the flip side, if you're Gundy and you're his argument, yeah, if you keep recruiting three-star guys, eventually one of them is going to be a James Washington or a David Glidden or whatever. Like, it's going to be an unknown guy who ends up being good. Yeah, I mean, that's it's quantity. Eventually one of them is going to be good. Um but yeah, eventually if you keep trying, you're going to get one of those guys instead of being like, well, it's just no use in trying. We're not going to get someone like that. Dax Hill. <coughs> Dax Hill. <coughs> yeah, exactly. He's too good. He's just down the road. He's, he's, he's too, too good. He's too yeah. good for us. His brother's on the team, but we just we have no we shot. Just, we have no shot. Oh, no. Or Jordan Stern's brother went to Texas instead down the road, which I thought was a red flag when you have two guys whose brothers are really good and neither of them come to your program, you would think the brothers would be kind of be like, yeah, this is where you want to be. That was a red flag to me when you're like, I wonder if there's something more going on when they're and not then, being like, yes, this is where you need to go. Like, And then didn't Justice Hill immediately opt for the NFL draft right after that? I'm pretty sure Dax Hill's Hill senior year of high school, Justice Hill could have came back and chose not to. Yeah, he, he could have. And I, the one that's really weird to me is Mason's brother. 
And is Mason, that yeah, he's yeah. a isn't he a Clemson? Mason's, he's really good. Yeah. <laughs> what well, he he's now he's now an actor. Like he's not in he's you know I mean the the whatever I mean it's not Kyle Rudolph that's clearly an NFL guy. Um, but Mason's Logan? younger brother. I just looked it up. Yeah, Logan. Yeah, thank Logan. you. So Logan's an, an actor. Like he didn't go on to be a you know first round draft pick or a draft pick period, you know, and type of stuff. He opted to do something else completely, but Clemson started recruiting him. And all of a sudden the guy who's the starting quarterback for your team, one of the best quarterbacks you've had come through OSU ever has records, all type of stuff. He might make the ring of honor deal, right? Like it's possible. He couldn't get his own brother to come. Um, No, you couldn't get his, I guess if you know, if you're OSU, like you couldn't get your, his own brother to come to OSU. Right, like Justice. All right, you're the running back, Daxel, Tulsa. Like that one's weird as well. Stearns is really weird, but like, dude, you're the face of the program. It's just starting quarterback, and your brother wouldn't come here. That to me spoke a lot of volumes too. And I, I know we're and not a, you know what three years of each other. Yeah, basically. I mean, I want to make all the OSU excuses that I have like built in. Right, like, oh well, we're not a defensive school, so what do we really expect to get Daxel? Like, right. Oh well, he'd look bad against you know other, you know other guys, right? But Dax still is currently playing on Sundays. But last year, I think he was the year he got drafted. He could have been playing on the best defense in the Big Twelve last year. I mean, he could have been supplementing that team and being playing on the other side of the ball against you know, from Bernard Converse, who's making plays on Saturdays, but in the SEC for LSU. Right, yeah. so there's just a lot of like built-in excuses I have as an OSU fan because I don't want to, I don't want to doubt Gundy. He's been around so long at this point. I don't see him moving anytime soon. I want to doubt the other stuff that I can actually see changing soon. Right, it, it's just a tough deal to be in. I, and I, I agree with you. And I, I've said multiple times I think Gundy is both the problem and the solution. So where do you kind of go from there? You know, because it's always like, well, who are you going to get? All that stuff. But I just, the, the recruiting thing always just frustrates me. It frustrates me so much. Growing up where I grew up, you know, they're everywhere. Um, you know, there's just recruits everywhere. And, you know, the priding yourself on, okay, well, we're, we're really good at developing guys. Yeah, sure. Wouldn't you rather develop more talented guys? Wouldn't you rather make like talented players better opposed to making lesser talented players better? That that seems like you could close the gap a little bit better. Which is always like the I'm, signing day argument when there's always someone that's going to be like, oh, another middle of the road class, and you're going to have that guy whose Twitter Abby is the Boone Pickens Stadium or Mike Gundy during his rant or whatever it may be. Who's like, well, we develop talent. He finds people for the culture that work hard. Uh, you don't think they worked hard to become five-star talent? Do you think they woke <laughs> up one day and they're like, yeah, we run four fours and we're the best player in the country? Like, yeah. when you get to that level, they're all going to work hard more than likely. Like, you're not going to, oh, well, you got to sacrifice someone having someone lazy as a five-star guy. It's some natural stuff. I'm not saying, like, I, I could have never worked hard to become a five-star guy. I just don't have it in me. But those guys have it where, like, there's a reason they're as good as they are. They don't do that naturally. They had to work hard, um, and they can still develop, too. 
if you don't recruit a five-star guy and it's like, well, that's what you get for the next five years. No, they get better just like the three-star guys. They work hard just like the three-star guys. They just win more games after they work hard. Yeah. Well, I think the OC fandom would, would also say, well, we're scared he'll, they'll leave. We're, we're scared they'll transfer, right? Oh, we get in a five-star, but we're scared that they'll be Bobby Reed or, you know, whoever, right? Like, oh, well, we get the best recruit we've ever had in the entire country. Like, oh, no, maybe they'd be bad. And I hate that line of thinking. I really do, it's just as a person. So like, who, who likes so that line of thinking? Well, just of, like, that's that's the little brother, like, oh, well, because yeah, that's, that's every Twitter avatar's, you know, Every Twitter guy's response back is, oh, he got in a five-star, but oh, no, this could happen now. You know, oh, no, he, he'll see he's not playing alongside other talent. And oh, no, you'd write like, oh, no, insert X and thing. We apply, Will he be happy after year two? Yeah. It's applied to offensive coordinators, too. <laughs> Do the same thing. Why yeah, if we, we get in a guy, great offensive leave. coordinator, then he'll leave. Like, yeah. uh, that's probably, that's probably would be good. I'd. I'd take Todd Munkin back again for one year. I'd he seems take, to be doing okay yeah, right now. Dana? Right? I, yeah. I think Mike Sean Boynton, Gleason. but he had Kate Cunningham for a year. Oh, yeah. But you know, right? <laughs> like, probably he's like, well, well, I mean, level or two. Leave after year. I don't want him. Like, that's what Mike Gundy needs to do. March on down the hallway, go to Boynton's office, borrow pairs of shoes, get some tips, and then go recruit the Mike Boynton way, apparently. Oh, you mean? Do you try? imagine if Gunny tweet out a photo like on a business trip with Jordans up in a you know first class <laughs> exactly. seat? Like, yeah, with I mean, mullet. you know, like, right? Yeah, <laughs> the mullet. The amount of times that the mullet is talked about on every like every single Saturday is just it's it's too much. But I guess what what changes here? Because like we can we can have the same discussion a year from now. We might be having the same discussion a year from now. I might be just going, all right, I'm gonna put it in pencil right now that you know what Dakota said earlier of all right, Ringel looks decent, but Casey Young gets fired next year, plus five hundred, right? Like I don't know what the betting on, on it, but <laughs> I, I I take I take those odds. You know, if someone's offering plus five hundred, I'd put down thirty bucks. Um, or 300, because I, I do see that happening. I do see it as like a cycle, as a systematic type of, all right, yep, this happens, this happens, all right, this, then this happens. It all, you know, this plus this equals this every single time, it seems. Um, it, it's, maybe the fairer question is, is Casey Dunn going, crap, I should have gone to UNLV? Because we, yeah. we grabbed him back. Like, we, we were like, no, 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 don't leave. Please don't leave. We don't know who else we'd get. He's probably sitting there like I should have taken one of those NFL jobs that came calling three years ago or something. Yeah, because he almost needs like you're like, well, you're, you're taking a step back to a stepping stone job, but theoretically, this is a stepping. Oh, she was a stepping stone job, um, whether we want to admit it or not. Unless you're Mike Gundy and you came from here, um, but now it's less of a stepping stone job. Like it's almost like it's just. Here, if that makes sense, the only way to go at OSU for OCs most of the time um, is backward um, because he's probably still going to end up somewhere like UNLV in a year or two. He's just a couple years behind and he can actually do what he wants to instead of um, have to do the same thing that Gundy's been telling him to do for the last two years. I mean, he's still one of the best receiver coaches in the country. That hasn't changed. 
he's still we been, still get really good receiver recruits in every year. Yeah, that's the only position group we ever get that's really good, where you have like multiple four star guys coming in every single year. Or do you get the three star guys, and that's where they like when we talk about the recruits? It's usually well, James Washington, as Bryant. Justin Black, like those are the guys who were developed. We're very rarely talking about um, the quarterbacks and the running backs and the defensive people who are three stars and end up being the best player at their position. Yeah, they all they all play strangely one position that everyone wants to fire. So that's that makes sense. Well, I mean. When, when the OC and you, you don't score a point, it looks bad, right? Like the, the Kansas State game just, I mean, I mean, no one's going to tell me like a year from now that the Kansas State game is going to be washed away from our memories because we're unbeaten and we, like if we win the national championship next year, I'm just saying hypothetically, it's not going to happen. But if we win the national championship next year, still I'm going to go, well, but remember that K-State game last year? Like how do we not score a point? Like that was right. Standards play half, and we didn't score a point. Like, Kansas State wasn't Alabama or LSU or the best defense of all time. How do we not score one? How do I not score? How do we not get in field goal range? I mean, it's just that that game and then this Kansas game this past weekend are back to back games that are unexplainable. The Kansas game is more unexplainable because it's like, all right, like you've got Ringel and you've got a banged up everything, whatever. The K State game is still going to be. One where I just don't know how to put it in perspective at this point. But even Kansas, I feel like I saw touches of Gundy when Rangel looked good. There was like that drive when you look real good, they scored, and they're just letting like let the dude do his thing. And then all of a sudden there's that one, and like I text Jake like mid drive. I was like, it's about to tank because they're letting him sling it. He's running, and then they're like handoff, handoff, up the middle, Speed third option. long. They don't get it. And then you're putting the ball away, you're kicking the field goal. It's like you saw, okay, we're, we're offense is working a little too good right now. We got to be conservative because we can't just let it fly. And sometimes it was looking better and they were just kind of letting loose and letting things fly, letting him run around and sling the ball around, even though he's a freshman. And it's almost like Gundy was like, oh no, I'm afraid we're going to make a mistake, right? We can't make a mistake. So then he slows things down not to make a mistake, but then nothing good comes from that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, isn't that what Holgerson did? I mean, Holgerson was like, we're going to throw the ball 80 times a game. Yeah. If they stop it, they stop it. But they probably won't. <laughs> and he was right. I mean, that, that was 2011 at its peak, right? Like, that's – and that was, I guess, the question I was asking earlier. That's that's the answer. Like, where did this where did this crazy passing scheme go? You know, why have we not been able to just keep doing that? I mean, it's kind of it's kind of funny at this point because anytime our offense is extremely good, I'm like, oh, okay, well, what's going on here? Why why is it working so well for this ten minute stretch of football? But okay, we're now up against Texas Tech and we just decide to run it up the middle on third and eighteen. Like okay. I mean, yeah, in the NFL they do that to hold the lead, but that's because those guys little different caliber players there. We're the Big 12. Yeah, we we kind of need to try to score as much as we can all the time. Yeah. 
which the whole run up the middle, that's the same thing that BPS would boo Mike Yurcich for and say fire Mike Yurcich because we all thought it was a Mike Yurcich thing. But yeah. again, here we are. Mike Yurcich is no longer here, but they're still running it on third and 18 against Texas Tech. Well, so Dakota, let me ask you this. Do you think that Gundy isn't hiring any more of the bigger name guys because he doesn't want to get, I don't want to say burned, but he doesn't want the same thing that happened with Holgerson? Maybe or I think he I would I mean it's hard to go inside a guy's Dana, mind I mean Holgerson almost things. got he almost got bigger than Gundy though. Yeah, Holgerson. like and you almost I think he wants things a particular way and that there's one thing that he wants his hand on, it's the offense, because he's an offensive yeah. guy. Yeah. And if you do bring in a Derek Mason type guy to run the offense, he's gonna be like, I'm gonna run my offense. This is what works for me. I'm gonna do it. Um Every guy that he's hired has been, well, you're going to be over me, so I'm going to take your advice, and I'm going to go with what you've been saying with me. Um, I know at some points there are rumors when we were at, when we were at school, being around other football guys, that you know Gundy and Yurcich butted heads quite a bit because they were frustrated yeah. with each other, um, and yeah. Yurcich left not too long after. Um, and so yeah. I mean, it was eventually like, hey, Yurcich is getting a good guy. He's getting a name for himself. He's getting some confidence under him of, Hey, if I'm going to do something, I want to do it. This is my offense. Um, and Gundy might have been like, well, not quite your offense. It's our offense. Um, I mean, so he gets to go somewhere else. And I don't know if you, that was when it clicked to me of like, yeah, was when your sitch left and OSU's offense was still going the same with a guy from Princeton and or wherever he came from and who we can't even remember his name now. And you, I go he watch got the fired. Place. Yeah, I go watch his Ohio. I go watch Ohio State or Texas, and every year since has been since. And you're like, this is not the same offense that he was calling at OSU. Like, this is a different yeah. offense. This is fun to watch. They weren't quite like this, even with Mason and James. They weren't quite like this when he was in Stillwater. It's different when he got under Gundy's umbrella. Well, and I, I think the other interesting thing is like with the OCs we've had, like since Holgerson, a lot of them have left for jobs on their own. They haven't even necessarily fired. They've left for demotions. I mean, Gleason allegedly left to go be closer to his family, but, I mean, he just got fired by Rutgers. He was there for one year with, with an NFL running back and then left. Like, I, just Who's the a little Penn odd to me. Yurcich is at Penn State. Okay, okay. But Yurcich left to go be the passing game coordinator at Texas. When like he left OSU. When he right? left OSU. Like that was, yeah. And he was there for, what, a year or two? Then he went to be, like, co-offensive coordinator at Ohio State. Yeah, he went to Ohio State, and now he's the OC at Penn State. And uh, they're doing better than us right now. Um, so... Take that for what it's worth. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think consistently having one coaching position leave um, isn't always a good sign. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't say that what it's been. We've had three offensive coordinators in eight years, seven years. Is that right? Sounds right. Yeah, yeah. So something like that, but yeah. Maybe four years, yeah. 
and then Gleason was there for one, and then, yeah. And a lot of them left on their own accord. They weren't fired. They chose to go. And that, Gleason that had just talent coming, too. Huh? Like, it was only looking better for Gleason in the future. Yes. Like, he had a Spencer Sanders on the back. He had receivers coming. Like, he had a lot of talent where he could be like, hey, I could stick around here a year or two and probably get a much better job somewhere else. Like, I could yeah. like I could get a legit job if I stick around with this talent for a little bit. Yeah. That's that's kind of why I don't know if I buy the family stuff. I'm sure it was a factor. I'm sure I, I, I'm not going to doubt at all that it was a factor to go back up to Jersey or whatever, but um, that's one of the more deplorable, like, down bad memes, like leaving – even though it's a good by choice. And then getting fired however many games in. All right, well, we, we've got three more games left on the schedule, right? We play Iowa State home this weekend, go at OU, then West Virginia to end it out. Weirdly enough saying this, it doesn't seem normal, but it's not a normal year, of course. Wow. OU is not currently... Ahead of us in standings, they're below us in standings, and they're also below us in the Big 12 record. But there's a lot that goes into that, of course. But so is Iowa State and West Virginia. If you guys are, are taking a look at it, do we finish out the season? Let's say Sanders, I don't know where we want to say on that, if he plays or not, but do we win? Do we go 3 0? Do we go 1 2? Do we go 2 1? Like, how does you know, we go 0 3? I mean, how does the rest of the season shape out in your guys' minds? Dakota, I'll ask you. I'll tell you how much faith I have in this team right now after Saturday. Um, my birthday is Tuesday, so we always go the Saturday, the game before my birthday. So we're supposed to go Saturday. I decided that I wanted to save money and not sit in the cold uh, to watch this team play, um, which I'm <laughs> sure I'll get grief for not being a true fan. But I'm like, if I don't want to bear this game from my couch, I doubt I'm going to want to bear it in the cold paying extra money to watch it. Um, so I, and I just can't, I had to suffer a Kansas loss. So I don't know, um, if I could suffer an Iowa state loss. And I truly believe that what will happen just because like we were saying earlier, like if I thought, well, it's because Spencer Sanders wasn't playing, it'll be a completely different team. Well, that wasn't the main issues. I think even if Spencer Sanders plays next week, um, they'll still be running through paper at our defensive line and our secondary still can't, like if nothing changes as far as that, and I think Iowa State um, will still um, is still get both winning, which it's a Gundy team, so maybe they they don't win all three or lose all three. Um, I never have faith going into an OU game, um, so I can't have faith going into that one. Um, but I would say we win at least one of the West Virginia Iowa State, if not both. So, um, but also zero and three wouldn't surprise me at this point, just based off. Well, I've seen the last two weeks. Now, the team before that, I would say, oh, yeah, 3-0. Like, they, they should beat this OU team. But now, partying with how they're playing and knowing it's still Bedlam and Hal Gundy, if he's conservative against Kansas with Rangel at quarterback, um, I'm terrified to see what happens if Rangel starts Bedlam and how that goes. It'll be like my seventh grade football team. We called tight, strong 22 ISO every play. Like, a receiver would come in to call the play to me. And I would already know what the play was going to be. 
that that's what Bedlam will be like if Rangel starts. It'll just be tight, strong 22 ISO up the middle every time. Sounds like what U.S. Grant was running at basically every single time I saw him play football. So yeah. I had two buddies who played for U.S. Grant when with my high school. Uh, we co-opted with them, and that was the same thing. I mean, you had a bunch of soccer players basically playing O-line because they wanted to play soccer in the spring. That was the deal. Yeah. They, they had to play football if they wanted to play soccer. Uh Jake, Jake, what do you think about these final three games? What do you see happening? Probably one and two. Same type yes. of deal. We either beat Iowa State or West Virginia, probably lose to OU. Yep. I I would say that I think we're probably going to beat Iowa State, but I don't necessarily think we're going to beat Iowa State. Um I could see it looking very similar to what it did last year. And then I think West Virginia is just an objectively bad football team this year. So um, if I, if I had to, if I were betting, I would probably choose to beat Virginia lose to OU and Iowa state. I I think that's where I'm at. I'll I'll ask you guys this. Would you take this trade off? Would you take the trade off of Rangel starting against Iowa State this weekend and us losing to Iowa State, but Sanders is at least able to play in Bedlam? Or would you just go, no, I'd at least try to see if we could beat Iowa State? Because yeah, the, the be Bedlam game, I, like that, that kills me every time that we don't, when yeah. we don't stand a chance, it just kills me a little bit. But see, you guys have the benefit of living in California, so you don't have OU fans walking around everywhere you go. So at least then I would have the benefit of going to work the next week and being like, well, we were playing our backup freshman quarterback. Of course we're going to lose. Mm-hmm. It'll be a lot harder walking in knowing you lost and you have a five-year, four-year starter. Um, and you're like, well, there's no excuse. You were just better than us because you're OU and that's what always happens. That's fair. I, I'd say I'll, I'll be back in Oklahoma slash Dallas area for Thanksgiving and Christmas enough where, you know, I, I don't have coworkers who went to OU, but – I definitely have 90% of my high school went to OU, it feels like. It definitely feels like 90% are OU fans, for sure. So I'll uh, I'll be, he- not as much as you, but I'll, I'll be hearing it. Um, and I guess that's why I'd like us for at least to, because if Sanders looks bad early, well, he was injured, he came back from injury, you know, all of that built mm-hmm. an excuse, you know, whatever, right? There'll be something that I can talk about here as an OSU fan of, well, you, you know what, though? I mean, the game was on PBS at 5 a.m. What'd you expect out of us for a late night team? <laughs> you know, like, that. That that'll be the joke I'll make. Repeatedly, like, oh, well, OU, I guess you guys get up and drink coffee early, and we're more of a late night team, anyways. So, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm still remaining somewhat optimistic that we'll be uh, good next year, but it's sad to say that with three games left on the schedule, that's that's where I'm coming to at least. You know, it seems like um, kind of mail it in at this point. With the positive side, is maybe games. we're going to be better next year than we would have been, just bet based on. We are starting freshmen and sophomores all over the place. Maybe that'll help out for next year to continue the six or seven game win streak of keeping on to the bowl game instead of being uh, five and seven. We currently have the longest streak OSU's won home games in a row going. I forget if it's 13 or 14, however many it is, but I think I, unfortunately that comes thing that comes to an end this weekend. And I'm not sure if it, rebounds against West Virginia. Although West Virginia is three and six. The more I look at West Virginia, 
if West Virginia wins the next two games, I am so scared because all of a sudden they could win their final game of the season against us to go to a bowl game and be that same record as us. That would be a very tough game. So I'm just hoping West Virginia doesn't keep winning. I don't think they can. Um, any, any other final thoughts here as we kind of wrap this one up? It's basketball okay. season. It's basketball season. College basketball I'll starts say today. Basketball tips off tonight, Monday, November 7th at uh, 8 p.m. Central, 6 Pacific. Okay. Well, I get to watch it by bed. You guys get to watch it while you eat dinner. Yeah, there you go. I love 8 p.m. Central time starts because that means it's at least after work theoretically ends. So yeah. I'll take that there's, every day of the week. Uh, I can't. There's no good games on today, right? Um, so, well, college basketball, that is. There's no, like, really good uh, college basketball games on today. But, but it means that we can worry less about football and turn more attention to basketball. And maybe they won't let us down till March. All right. Um, uh, we can actually be- make the postseason tournament this year, at least. You know, exactly. we can actually, it's a theory we can put in practice. So if I, if I were to ask you, based on way too early, do we go, are we going to make the tournament this year? Yes. Unlike Mike Gundy, I have 100% faith in Mike Boynton. I'm love to hear it. Let's bring some optimism in here late as we end the podcast <laughs> out. I love the optimism, honestly. That's what we need. You know, we need to bring the optimistic side of it. Uh, it's basketball season. Then it'll be baseball season. And then we'll worry about football again in the fall. So yeah, thanks for no listening. There's no need to worry about football for the next two months. No. Yeah. We're, we got more games left, but ah, it's all right. So thanks so much for everyone listening. And we'll catch you guys again soon. Peace.